Welcome to the Liberty Block. This is Alu Axelman here in the Axel Studio with Mr. Silver, Dave himself. Dave, thank you so much for coming down here. Thank you so much for having me. I wanted to have pleasure. you on for a while. I've known you for a few years now. I've been buying silver from you in person in New Hampshire for a few years now. And you have an awesome operation that keeps increasing and growing. And now you have an actual store, storefront, a few days a week for your silver. So tell us about how long you've been selling silver for, your new uh, website, your manufacturing company, because you manufacture some silver as well. Yes. So uh, in a nutshell, first, I'm just going to kind of take us back a little in time to Afghanistan and the reason why I got into silver. Uh, and then I'll just kind of take us where that where that took me a little. Um, basically, when I went to Afghanistan, I observed all the different countries and all the governments were wasting huge amounts. And this of was in the money. military, for the US yes. military. So I was in the Army Special Forces. I was a Green Beret, and I had gone to a multitude of different countries and experienced uh, things in a way that most soldiers would not experience. And with the Special Forces, we went into different places that where well, we had much closer uh, operations, where we got much closer to things. Uh, so one of my side jobs was that I was a money guy. And so when you're on a special forces team, there's like usually the 18 Charlie, which is a special forces engineer, which was what you know my job was. In addition to being the expert on demolition and explosives on the team and so on, you also get a side effect of being responsible for uh, the money. And you get this fund every month. And so in Afghanistan, they literally gave me a backpack with $150,000 every month. And they said, Dave, spend all the money. Don't come back with any, or we're gonna be up to our necks in paperwork. Spend all the money. But the money had to be spent on certain things. So you couldn't buy all the stuff the guys everyone wanted. You had to buy like stupid things that no one needed, but you had to spend all the money. And so you had to buy like staplers and like Jeez. all this crap. And you know, we spent $25,000 on printers that we could have bought for 500 bucks. And, and it's just so stupid. I couldn't believe the stupidity of it. But um, so that right there really made me start looking at the monetary system. And yeah, after this year was this. So this was in, uh, this was in 2009. So well, 2009, I'm in Afghanistan. I, I observed that it was uh, basically Afghanistan is a giant heroin farm. And it's like, this is actually really real. Uh, and so the war is a big fraud. It's not really a war the way that we think. And the country was just being used as a heroin farm and maybe some other things too. Uh, and it was being used as a way to funnel money between the pipes. Mm -hmm. And I know we kind of like jumped over my silver operations, but I think we'll have a chance to get in there. And I, you know, I know I may do it out of order, but we're going to get there, hopefully. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we will. And so... Um, when I observed all the different countries would literally waste huge amounts of money just so they could steal the slush along the way. And so they would literally, you know, waste $40,000 on hammers so that the guy who was in charge of deciding who to buy hammers from and the guy who sold hammers would give each other a kickback mm -hmm. and the taxpayers would pay, you know, 10,000% for the thing so that these guys could just grease each other's mm -hmm. wheels. I want to fast forward this to make a connection that, uh, you know, is something that really struck me is when I see this $40 billion for Ukraine 
I see that as this is boom. This is the exact thing that I saw, which is is it's actually hilarious when you really think about and it. The forty billion is going to the Ukrainian government, right? So, <laughs> so the Ukrainian government. It's is not right. one of the people. People think it's going to right. the poor Ukrainian people. Yeah. It's going to It's going to go Zelensky to Zelensky exactly and maybe Azov Italian guys. Yeah, they're going to use it against them. Yeah. So basically, the key politicians who are there, they're going to receive this $40 billion. They want that $40 billion. So, of course, they have agreed to the people giving them the $40 billion, whether that's like Joe Biden and a couple other politicians who approved it and the organizers of the money transfer, they are going to get a kickback of some amount, maybe like 10% or so. Mm-hmm. And so they get, you know, $4 billion kickback. And the funniest thing is that that's the reason for the $40 billion. Yep. The reason for the $40 billion is that these guys can get a $4 billion kickback. So they're going to waste $36 billion that they just so they can get four. So the American taxpayers would be better to just send Four billion dollars directly to Joe Biden and his staff, <laughs> and the guy who's yeah. like it administrative on the yeah. computer that transfers the money. It doesn't say what is going on there, and like they could save, you know, that's a good point. Nine hundred percent would be really great. So that kind of stuff made me really look at the precious metals, and I started wondering how could these guys waste money to steal money, and so I started looking into silver and gold, and I discovered that the money used to be silver and gold and they they turned it into paper and and in a way that we can we can talk about that later if we get to it but they got people using paper instead and because they were using paper got us used to transacting in paper and because people got used to transacting in paper made it possible for them to have these deals where wasting money is actually profitable for them mm-hmm. and it's not good for us obviously the american taxpayers are the one they're getting railed in such an incredible way so that really got me into silver and gold. And I said, you know, at the time I was in the special forces and I was in the army special forces. You make a ton more money than in the regular army. Like you get a lot of money. And I had a lot of rank at that point. And I had put a lot to get to the special forces. You have to really make some sacrifices and it's not something that anyone can do. But I had to choose between either having this high stature job that was paying me, you know, hundred grand a year, whatever, tax-free, or I had to walk away from that for moral reasons. Mm-hmm. And I chose to walk away from it for moral reasons. Good. And so they offered me a sign-on, and they were like, Dave, how are you going to leave? You're halfway to retirement. You get 10 years. How are you going to leave and do this? And so I, I, it wasn't, they said, we can get you a job at the embassy in Bangkok for a year, and you know, get you this budget and all this stuff. And, and it's like, nope, I can't do this anymore. I can't participate in these fraudulent wars that are for fraudulent reasons that aren't for freedom and liberty. Couldn't do it. And I got out. And actually, I went to Porkfest when I was on terminal leave, when I was on, like, using up my vacation time. And when I went to Porkfest and found other people that actually mm-hmm. knew this stuff too, then it was like this deal was sealed. There was no way... That I was going to sacrifice my morals for a paycheck working for the government. Which year was that you went to Porkfest? So that Last was time. 2011. Nice. So 2011. And so uh, I had, a, you know, I let my time ended up. I didn't sign back on. I left the military with high honors, with high accolades. But I, you know, luckily I came to this realization right around a time where, where I could have either re-enlisted or got out. So at that point I became 
uh, fixated on silver as a thing. And I had studied silver and learned that it was what people have been trading for thousands of years. And when I looked at the silver that was out there in one ounce rounds and big bars, I felt like there was a problem. People needed silver that they could use to trade for basic essential things. Like on that on that point about people using it historically, in Hebrew, kind of in Spanish, and a few other languages, silver and money are literally the same word. They're synonymous. Mm-hmm. In silver, in, in Spanish, people know plata is silver, and it's it's common kind of uh, common uh, name people use for cash or for money. Um, it's kind of slang for money. But in Hebrew kesef literally means silver, the color, and it means silver money. So kesef still, I think to this day, is used in Israel for money and for silver. The same word, synonymous. So I yeah. think I think a lot of languages, silver historically, going back who knows how many hundreds or thousands of years, silver and money have been synonymous. Yes, and and that's a great that's a great point, and that's there's a, you know there's a reason for that, and uh, not to go too fast, but the main reason for that, and we'll try to see if we can you know help our listeners and just kind of grasp this that the thing about silver is that. It is used in so many of the products that we are used to, but very few people realize that. Mm-hmm. And everything from their phone to their computer to the clothing that they're wearing to their shoes mirrors. wouldn't have been made. Mirrors, well, and mirrors are, they need silver to make mirrors, but silver is no longer an ingredient okay. in the mirror, most modern mirrors. But it's still needed to make it because the panels and the control systems that run those machines okay. won't work without silver or gold. And so it's used in almost everything that we use today. But very few people realize that because they're very far removed mm-hmm. from the manufacturing of, of those items and those technology. They're mostly as a consumer, so they don't realize that their phone needs silver or their computer. They don't realize all those things. And the fact that silver is antibacterial. Mm-hmm. There's well, so some people know that it's involved in hygiene. Maybe some old teeth or silver teeth or, or gold teeth. Um, yeah. And there's some hygienic stuff in dentistry and other medicine. People, Some people know if they're in medicine, some, some properties of maybe antibacterial or hygienic or clean properties. Yeah. So like silver is, is actually, silver for jewelry is one of the smallest uses. Silver for coins is a big use, but actually still not comparable to the industrial uses of silver, which are by far the most. And more than 50% of all patents that exist involve the use of silver somewhere in their design. Wow. And that's more than stuff? Technology all stuff? patents that exist, more than 50% of How all is that? Is patents it mostly exist, because of technology things? Because, all, because silver is so useful that whether it's in the control panel, whether it's in the monitor, whether it's in the tube, whether it's the electrical conductor, whether it's uh, you know, one component or another, or your solar panels, or your energy, or cars, your Tesla car, every, oh, definitely car, Tesla, that thing, they yeah. love silver, I don't know what that guy owns for silver, but he probably doesn't tell anyone. I'm sure Elon has a bit of silver. Uh, <laughs> probably, I mean, but I don't, you know, as far as, you know, um, and he is another story, so I'll avoid getting on to that episode. Oh, man. <laughs> so, silver has been used, and my thing was that I thought, I, I knew, let me word this different, I knew 10 years ago what the future was for the financial system in this land. And the reason I knew was because I looked at the history 
of every single fiat mm -hmm. currency that has ever existed. And they always end the same way. Now, maybe the dollar will be the first time ever that the politicians and the people in there don't overinflate it to pavilion and, and bankrupt they're already doing the process. It. But it's like, yes, no, they're, they're already, already doing, it. doing it. Yes, they're already doing it, and they're doing it in a, at a faster rate. So when 2012, when I get out of the military, I started sort of flipping silver. But I noticed that that they didn't have that it wasn't easy to find the little denominations mm -hmm. and I knew that the financial system was in great peril and that people were going to need a way to be able to trade a way to buy or sell without needing the internet or Federal Reserve notes something that they could just give a person and then get something back and so I started making one tenth ounce pieces of silver and now we're almost arriving at the answer to your question at the beginning of the show we're going this. We've almost. So there. you started making the ten ounce, tens of an ounce bits ten years ago. Yeah. Well, so. I thought it was brand new. <laughs> well, let me answer that question. Okay. So ten years ago, I got really into one tenth ounce, and I started making one tenth ounce, and I started a company called Sons of Liberty Mint. And Sons of Liberty Mint, uh, we got some investors, and we basically, you know, just I had a lot of persistence, and I was motivated. But I didn't have the skills of a businessman or uh, the manufacturing knowledge. But I was really dedicated enough to figure out things. And over the basically 2012 to 2016, Sons of Liberty Mint, we learned more and more. We made and sold over 1 million pieces of silver by 2016. But the problem was that there were some challenges that we had and we had started off and I didn't necessarily have enough experience in business. I didn't know enough and we like learned along the way and a million pieces of silver in six years when they were like one tenth ounce when they're little is not, you know, that's that was how we made the money to buy the machines and the equipment. But we couldn't really go forward. We kind of were stuck in a weird situation. Um, and also the online didn't the bank the the online like the credit card companies the different groups they really didn't like us <laughs> and so they did some different things that made it really hard for us to operate and what i found out was silver is like considered very high risk to credit card companies they really don't okay. like that so it was hard to do and, and to get into that you really just needed so much financial you know like you needed to have a billion dollars to be to buy the permission to be allowed to move that much through the pipes anyway so we learned some hard lessons and, and learned a lot of valuable, huge, valuable lessons. We learned how to do incredible things, but it was basically like my silver super college. Yeah. And in 2016, we sold Sons of Liberty Mint to Pyramet in Philadelphia. And Pyramet bought Sons of Liberty Mint. They also hired me for a year to set it up for them. Their main interest was the silver card, which is the ounce of silver that fits perfectly in your wallet. Just like a credit card. I got one and, in my wallet always. And it cuts with scissors for infinite divisibility. The silver card is one of my inventions. And so they bought heavy they bought Sons of Liberty Mint and they continue to make the silver card. In fact, they've made more of them this past few months than ever before. The demand for them has increased. And do they sell online? Uh, well, they're more uh, wholesale. So Pyramet, you can go to their website and you can follow their leads and call and make an order. But generally, if you're not, they probably want to sell you 100 or more mm -hmm. cards. But they sell to other sites. 
But JM Bullion okay. sells the silver card, for nice. example. Nice. JMBullion.com. I, if, if you were going to buy online, I recommend JMBullion.com. They were incredible. The Sons of Liberty Mint, when we made our first full-fledged one-tenth ounce, they called and ordered 50,000 of them. Nice. And so, like, they really did a lot of things great for us and really put us out there. So, special thanks to JM Bullion. We really appreciate it. I bought that. a bunch of gold backs from them. Yep. And some silver. Yep. Some and so, they're really fantastic if you want to order online. On the other hand, if you want to order in person and you want to pay and have private in person and you want to save money, then the Silver Pool in Ware, New Hampshire, which is my new operation, is where you'll want to go. Because we're selling for basically a dollar less than JMB and everything that we sell. And it's local, it's cash, it's no shipping. Crypto is also accepted and so on. So the Silver Pool is pretty much your first uh, somewhat permanent <laughs> storefront. Um, and what's the address for that? It's actually the address not, for the store? Well, we had a store before too. So the Silver Pool is in uh, 33 North Stark Highway, where New Hampshire. Now, I want to take us back a little further if we can. So 2016, I went to Pyramid and we set up, excuse me, I had a little coffee. and We set up the silver minting operation there. And while I was there, we made a bunch of silver. It was really wonderful. And I could have stayed there and they were paying me very handsomely. But I, as an entrepreneur, I, I wasn't a guy that wanted to be employed. I wanted to, I wanted to create and I wanted to use my creative skills. Uh, you know, to do things. So um, I parted ways in good terms in, you know, 2017 or so. And I came back to New Hampshire where I wanted to be. that was Philadelphia? Anyway. Yeah. Part of it was that we went down to Philadelphia to be close to our uh, silver refinery. Mm -hmm. And so we wanted to be closer to where the silver was coming from uh, in order to save on third-party insurance costs as well as shipping and because... You know, we buy the silver, but it would take a week to come versus we were nearby. We could drive and, and pick it up that day. And so with the, with the volatility of silver, it was hard to hold it for as long as that. So anyway, fast forward, you know, I spent a few years, 2017, 2018, 2019, kind of focusing back on martial arts and on teaching gunfighter. And you probably heard I do an event on the third Sunday of each month in New Hampshire called Gun Church. And Gun Church is for uh, liberty-centric folks who want to practice their gunfighter skills with their friends. You know, we have people, we invite them to come. It is for people who are invited, who are like sort of know us. Um, but then I, you know, share some of my Green Beret skills with people. And that's one of the things that's one of my activisms mm -hmm. to share the skills that I learned in the Special Forces with my community. Yeah, my wife and I have gone. We do recommend it. It's pretty good training. Thank you. And so uh, so I did that for a couple of years, but in 2019 and right around 20, well, 2019, things started picking up in the silver world. Mm -hmm. And over that couple of years, I thought I was done. I thought, well, you know, I had put this time and energy into the thing and I thought we were going to make $100 million with Sons of Liberty Mint. We didn't make the $100 million. We didn't make a million dollars. We spent millions of dollars but we also got it back in revenue but you know but we didn't make that profits like that uh, but people kept calling me and they kept saying you know dave i gotta sell my silver or dave i gotta buy how can i find you know this so and so and i kept doing you know flips mm -hmm. and i couldn't ignore the fact that the demand for demand, silver yeah. from 2012 
And in fact, really from 2011 and a half until 2016, during the time when I had my first silver company, was possibly one of the worst times to ever do it. Because in 2011, they had an all-time high silver spike of almost $50. And it was coming down for that whole next five years. And so it just kept going down. And so it was losing interest and losing, you know, uh, price, you know, applied to it by the Wall Street fraudulent markets. Anyway, so that was a tough time to do it. But now, 2019, it was like going the other direction. It was like the margins were getting much bigger. There was a, sh you know, there was like limited availability of things and people were paying much more. And, and you could really see that, that there was a demand for it. And some of it has to do with like the pandemic. People really realized that, okay, now they see there's a problem. So I couldn't get enough stuff to satisfy the people who are coming. And I realized, it's like, I have to make something. We've got to do this. And so what started off again, a second time, out of an apartment, making silver, and uh, just pushing and pushing. And so now, I, you know, I founded another company called Heavy Metal Construction, which is manufacturing locally uh, sourced silver material and making into a bunch of different products, including you know, blocks that you can stack and sort of use heavy metal construction that's to play with, but also our truly most popular and most useful are one-tenth ounce. And uh, that one-tenth ounce is, is really important to give people the ability to buy or sell basic things. And if, if there's an, a financial calamity and you want to buy a chicken or a bag of rice, that's to me the kind of things you want to be able to buy. Yeah, can you show some of the bits, the ten ounce bits? So um, and the bigger stuff. Sure, well, sure. The heavy metal construction, like when we have kids, instead of Legos, they could use that, or in addition to Legos, they could build with that. Um, it's kind of like more like Jenga. It doesn't have the the um, connectability of it, but you can still build. Yeah. With all those different size bricks, so you can do some fun construction so, stuff. And and these are these are Alu's. He bought these actually from me, but this is a little. Oops. This is a little one-tenth ounce silver bar. This is actually uh, our first version. And these are, you know, handmade. And we've already made and sold over 10,000 of these nice. as of really this past week. But we've also introduced our new version two, which has some more information on it. It actually is stand up instead of wide. You know, and it has more of the information nice, on nice. the face of it, a little more. And all, pretty much all the stuff you make in your personal manufacturing is 0.925 silver? Uh, we have, we actually do make a 999 bar. Okay. Also a 925 bar. And then we also make our 1 tenth ounce, which is in 925. And the thing is that 925 or 90% is what is typically used for coins mm -hmm. and circulating currency. Well, the because point, it's yeah, more yeah, durable, yeah. it's stronger. These one tenth ounce that we make are scratch resistant, versus if you buy a one tenth ounce pure one tenth ounce, as soon as it touches another piece of silver, it scratches, mm -hmm. and that's why making them out of nine two five is better. That's why it's a better material. It's more durable. And to clarify, I don't know if, how much of a difference it makes, but to clarify. This has 0.925. This has a tenth of an ounce of silver content or it's a tenth of an ounce total weight? So this, these ones are one tenth ounce total weight. Okay. And the fineness of 0.925. Okay. Yep. 
so uh, that you can always take your weight and multiply by your purity. By point nine five, yeah. And then you can figure out your silver. So for those who just don't understand or don't know the exact price of silver right now, silver technically the spot price is like around twenty five bucks an ounce. Uh, meaning, um, and obviously there's a difference to actually get their premiums to buy it. It'll be closer to thirty or more dollars to buy an ounce online or, or at a store. Um, so if you have an ounce, like I have a bunch of ounces here, as an alufant of a, a one ounce round. If you don't want to buy something that's not twenty five, thirty bucks, you want to buy something that's seven dollars. What do you do? You can't break this in half. That's why the bits are so valuable. So these, each of those is a tenth of an ounce, which as far as pure silver, technically spot price would be like two point, like two fifty. Um, but what do these sell for? Closer to three or four dollars each. So we're actually we sell them for five dollars. Cool. However, if you go on to a lot of the online sellers, like I mentioned before, even Jayham Bullion, they have it for seven dollars each. And the thing that's is, that's a big markup. That's that's a. It is uh, a big markup, and they're almost out of stock or? on them right now. It's very hard to find fractional, and you can expect to pay more than five dollars each. So right now, for let me tell you, is the cheapest. That's absolutely yeah, correct. Yeah. That's absolutely correct. And where I mean, my goal is to make it accessible for people. Mm -hmm. But people should keep in mind when they're buying silver. If you are buying commodity silver, like a ten ounce bar, which is you know two hundred, two hundred and fifty dollars, something in that range right now. Well, that's good for commodity investing. But is it really the right thing for preparation to be able to buy or sell without needing the internet? or Federal Reserve notes, that's where having little pieces of silver, so for example, this bar, 10 ounce bar, versus this bar, 1 tenth, it takes 100 of these to equal this. So to make 100 of something, it usually takes a lot more than to make one. Now, the big question is not necessarily on a calculator what is gonna make you more money in theory. If you're going to sell it back to Wall Street, I would suggest that the purpose of getting silver isn't to sell it it's back for, for dollars. It's usefulness. It's to get the things you need. And so the question is, who is going to spend less money buying chickens? The guy who bought just these or the guy who bought maybe a mixture including a couple hundred of these? This guy can buy a chicken with one of these. This guy would find out, and now we sell these, and this is great. Our 10-ounce bar is fantastic, but I don't recommend our 10-ounce bar as your only investment. I recommend the first thing a guy does, if he says, I own no silver, is say, spend 50 bucks and buy a 10-pack of our 1 10th ounce, and this could get you 10 chickens. This gets one chicken for a really high price. Or find a way to break it, and then you could have to when, if ride you, around town for a day. If you it. were to try to break this smaller... You will spend thousands of dollars figuring out how to do it, and you'll lose half of the silver in the and it's time, a long time, way. It is very difficult to make this smaller and in a form that's recognizable and accepted. And so yep. it's taken us a lot. It's taken me millions of dollars to learn how to do. And this is based on what our what our 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 uh, mechanical capabilities were at the time when you bought this. We have gotten more enhanced. Our product is, is higher quality. It's got more information on it. It's better looking. It stacks better than anything. Our current version 2, 1 tenth ounce stacks better than any other 1 tenth. You can literally stack them like 50 high. You can't do that with the That's dimes because awesome. yeah. the dimes have a, a raised edge. 
These are so flat that they stack incredibly well. Those ones are also similar in that they are flat, but the version two takes this, it makes them a little wider and a little thinner, and then they're more, even more flat. And does the new version say 110 ounce on it? Yes. Nice, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. So it says so 110 on it. Yeah, these ones were what we were able to make based on, you know, starting as a, once again, it started as another apartment little mini factory, and then I expanded that, and now I have a little, uh, I call it the Mini Mint, and the Mini Mint is a marvel of manufacturing technology. Uh, because we have a small amount of space, and yet we can produce thousands and p thousands of pieces in a day with a small crew of just a few people, and really not a half a day is a better way to describe it. Uh, so we are like the most efficient. Yeah, and you're learning. always getting better. You're learning, you're getting, getting better, better, faster, better quality. And and Sons of Liberty Mint had some things that were advanced, but one piece of technology that I can't actually talk about, but one piece of technology that I that I learned over the past few years since Sons of Liberty Mint gives us a major edge to really give us the ability to go further than Sons of Liberty Mint went. Now, given Sons of Liberty Mint had a had a bigger roller. We had some some better things, but we also you know went through you know ten million dollars. Mm -hmm. Heavy metal construction is not anywhere at that level. But we didn't bring on investors. I funded entirely heavy metal construction. Uh, now, uh, the silver pool is a, is a little different. We did actually look for we did look for investors for that, and all the silver pool was was a seven month investment opportunity for people to pool their silver and allow us to just basically flip it and sell it and buy it again to to give some variety so we had uh, a selection for customers to choose and we raised beyond our maximum goal uh, for the silver pool we wanted to raise $142,000 max in 60 days and we had 152000 and we had to say stop and we will not accept any more investor capital and we say no we don't we can't take any more we have a certain amount of vault space and a certain amount uh, planned for this so the silver pool is has uh, just incredible inventory. I mean, like I invite anyone to come to the silver pool in Ware, New Hampshire, and take a look. We do a silver show on Tuesdays and Thursdays from noon to eight, and you can come. You can take a look. We put out a, a, a beautiful display of various silver and gold items at the best prices, uh, and we offer them. Also, uh, the uh, second uh, June second of next month, Thursday, uh, and you can see on the website thesilverpool.com that Thursday the second we're going to do a free class teaching people how to test silver and gold. Nice, and it's free, so we'll actually give everyone some safety glasses, some gloves, and we're going to have uh, a multitude of different uh, curriculum. We're going to show how to use an electronic testing, how to do a uh, volume a density check how to do an acid test how to weigh your silver how to calculate and at the end people will feel confident to identify silver or gold and we're going to give them an actual treasure hunt we're going to give everyone a bunch of different stuff and they're going to have to like find with the real silver or the gold and the finders keepers this so there's an actual treasure hunt. it'll be a week from this thursday right, i'm trying to be there <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's going to be fun the treasure hunt is fun the class is is worth it. Like if 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 you're you know if you like money, like if, if you like money, then you might want to know how to test silver and gold, how to identify it. Because if you're the guy that's at that 
uh, at that thrift shop, or you're the guy that's at that yard sale or whatever, and you have the ability to spot the silver or gold item, that's going to be you doing really great. Uh, and so, you know, that's a great skill to have. So we're going to do that. That'll be a week from Thursday. So um, we kind of gave like a ton of stuff here. Yeah. But, uh, you know, my most of my life's mission ever since I got done with the Special Forces has been to try to do things to affect liberty mm-hmm. in the land that I live. Because it, it seems to me that if you don't have your freedom, what is more important? What thing can the state offer you to give you other than freedom mm-hmm. that would make it okay to not have the promise of security and safety. The promise there's nothing that anyone can give if you don't have the freedom there's nothing good. Nothing can be good really. And so we're in a crazy place right now where a lot of people don't know but that things that they're used to, the resources, the things that they're used to are not permanent. And there are cycles and those cycles go back and forth and the cycle here is long overdue. And so people who have planned themselves, who have have accumulated the resources, the community, the network, those people that are prepared are going to do a lot better over this next couple of years. And the people who are just expecting that the government's going to hold their hand and protect them and that the pharmaceutical industrial complex like just cares about their health and not profits at the cost of their health that's fine if that's what they want to believe but that but the outcome that that people will get will be you know will relate to how much they paid attention so i think a lot of people around the united states and around the world are seeing now especially the last few years that (coughs) now that even the federal government admits the dc politicians sociopaths admit that inflation is over 8.5 (laughs) percent it's really close to 15 20 30 percent and depending on the exact product or, or general inflation, but for gasoline, for instance, it's gone like triple over the last year, like 300%. But most things are probably 15, 20, 30%. That's already scary territory, very scary. I filled up again, not even a full tank. It was like 50 bucks for like a half tank or barely more than a half tank. So people are realizing more and more, probably a few million more people around the United States are realizing every, every few days that the US dollar is failing. And again, by the way, every empire, the United States is an empire, the Roman Empire, every other empire historically lasted around 250 years. How long has the U.S. empire been around? Like 247 years? So we're really getting close to 250, which seems to be like the average or or I think kind of like the maximum an empire can last. So it's crumbling. I think within five years, we may not have a DC empire anymore. It could be a bit less, could be a bit more, but I don't know if they can hang on on life support with the dollar, which is how they do things. They, They print dollars and they pay, you know, people like you and others to go around the world and, and do stuff for them militarily and they pay for missiles. I don't know if they'll last longer, but people are realizing the dollar is failing. That's my point. People are realizing more every day, saying, let's go Brandon, hashtag inflation. Inflation and, and economic issues have been um, trending around the you know Twitter and everything for a few months now. But people wonder what else can they use. Some say crypto, gold, silver. But a lot of people don't realize, people who aren't in the New Hampshire Liberty community, they don't understand that silver is actually used. You know how many books I've bought and sold and things I've bought and sold here in the community of thousands of libertarians, free staters, with silver and gold? I've sold books for gold and silver and crypto. I've bought things for gold and silver and crypto. You, I'm sure, have done many transactions. You've bought my books with some silver. Um, plenty of others. Another guy bought a few books from silver a few weeks ago here. So it's actually used a lot. How do you explain to people just how much alternative currency use we already have here? We already have tons of crypto, gold backs, and silver being used already. 
So when people say, when the DC fails, or when we leave the Union, if we succeed, because we, I'm sure we'll succeed inevitably, and if we don't succeed in the next few years, we're going to have de facto secession, because the DC empire will collapse, and there will be no more DC and no more Union, and we'll be independent, which is fine too. So either way we do it, whether we leave or whether they crumble, we're going to be independent. And people say, you know, one of the big questions I get, people think they stump me about independence, is they say, aha, what are you going to use for currency without the Union? Which is the, the least concerning issue. We can keep using the dollar if we want to, which we probably don't want to, but we can keep using it. Or gold and silver and crypto, and we already have an amazing infrastructure in New Hampshire. We already have people using gold and silver and crypto. We could just do it a bit more. Yeah. Well, uh, I agree with that. And it's good that there are so many people in the area that recognize alternative currencies. And you could buy, in New Hampshire, you could buy, at least I can think of a way to buy almost all the things, you know, like everything from bacon to soap to dairy uh, to clothing items. There's a lot of things you could buy with alternative currencies in New Hampshire, and that's pretty important. But the other thing is I think that the future kind of goes a few different ways. You got sort of one group of people that is going to migrate into cities and urban areas and the smart cities. And in those places, they'll have access to what I call slave world functions. They'll have access to the online things and they'll have access, but that'll be subject to their social credit score mm -hmm. and whether they took their vaccine that day, took their medications that day and whatever the things. And so that's one group of people and they'll go there. And, uh, and the people who didn't have, you know, a way to survive when things get desperate, they'll literally go and beg for then you got a much smaller, much, much smaller group of people and they would be living more off of the grid, more uh, closer to land and they'd be farming or uh, exchanging goods and services and it would be more local. Well, what do you think they would want as exchange for things? If, if you had three fish and you were part of a, you know, a community and you wanted to sell two of those fish, what would you trade it for? Like online stuff that you could go to the smart city to use? Or would you trade it for like something you can physically mm -hmm. receive? Like a bag of rice or a chicken for a fish or a piece of silver? You know, when you look at the periodic table, there's a hundred and some odd elements. And if you start narrowing down which of the things would be the best to use as a unit of exchange, You'll find first, you know, the first 25% are like gases. Some of them are explosive or toxic gases. And it's hard to hold a gas and divide it up between three people. So like gas is a problem. Then you got things like, you know, sand, which is, you know, like 20% of the surface of the earth is sand. So it's hard to use sand as a, you know, way to trade. And then you got like metals, which like steel and aluminum have always had a that well, have throughout history since the inception of their use have had a value but you know right now about a truckload of steel you know is a couple hundred dollars so it's kind of so then you end up with you know before you get to like silver gold and copper you end up with you know all these different materials that are either toxic or that rot away or dissolve or have very little mm -hmm. use then finally you get to like silver gold and their anti silver is antibacterial. It's used in almost everything. It never spoils. It never rots. It can sit at the bottom of the ocean or in the sun on the sand for thousands of years. And it doesn't go anywhere. 
doesn't dissolve. It's impermeable to almost every acid on the planet. And we were talking about as far as like dissolving away is uh, half life or radioactivity. Is that it? Well, so to dissolve, kind of dissolve from, over time. So, for example, like steel, if the bar of steel is just sitting, it'll just corrode and okay. turn into ferrous oxide and just turn into you know basically dust. Uh, copper will will oxidize and turn into dust eventually. You know, um, all the different metals will dissolve from just atmospheric natural components. Silver will tarnish, but it doesn't go anywhere. It stays right there. All it just does is colorize a little on the surface as a result of sulfur in the air. Gold, on the other hand, is not affected by any of the elements, and it can just sit there. It doesn't change color. It doesn't go anywhere, and it lasts forever. So that's why when people found things to trade, it was like, well, trading a fish for things you need in the marketplace is really good, but the fish only works for one day or two mm -hmm. days before it smells bad. So that one-tenth of silver is like great because it's just, it's there. It's ready for you when you need it. It doesn't spoil. And that's part of why people have gravitated towards silver and gold as an exchange. And I'll mention something else. When people say, well, why is it that the kings and the power brokers who rule the planet seem to gravitate towards gold and silver? Well, first of all, because they print the dollars so they know the dollars are artificial they're wor they're not worth much to them as long as we keep believing in them what's really valuable to the global power elite they're measured in gold and armies mm -hmm. and so that's where their power so why is it that global power elite want the gold and silver well because it's used in all the best weapons and 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 uh surveillance equipment even your phone like it's like the ultimate surveillance tool of the global power elite. They That's get true. so much data on us through the phone, and they know everything about what we do. And without silver, it couldn't be possible. That's an interesting point. A few points that you said they know the paper's fake. Because they're the ones printing it. It's like some ignorant Americans may not understand how the printing works, which is fine. But they're the ones doing the printing, so they know how fake it is. Because they, like, they see how the sausage is made, so they know how disgusting it is. Because they're, they're the ones, you know, the governments are doing it. They can pay themselves in it. But whenever they pay themselves in it, they bring the value of it mm -hmm. down. So when they give, when they print $40 trillion or billion, whatever that was, when they print $40 billion out of thin air, they are devaluing all the dollars I have. Exactly. They increase the, the number of dollars in circulation, which reduces the overall purchasing power of the dollars. And the American people have been robbed for over 90 seven percent of the value of their currency since 1964 when they separated the silver from the money it's the most ultimate and most hidden and nefarious tax in the universe because with other taxes number one you feel it that hurts you and they have to physically come and take it from you or ask you withholding or ask you to give it with this they found the most brilliant incredible way to siphon off the power of money without touching it it could be in a safe under lock and key. You could have all your guns standing there by your safe and lock it up underground. They can still steal your value. And what's money if not value? It's amazing. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, in, in my upcoming book, Taxation is Theft, I think the next book I'm going to write, Taxation is Theft, I mentioned that. A whole chapter on like the ultimate hidden tax. It'll be something like this. Taxation is Theft. Maybe in a few months. Like the ultimate hidden nefarious disgusting tax is inflation. And another thing about inflation and payroll taxes is with most taxes, they're limited to like five ten percent or at most a hundred percent right an income tax if i make a hundred grand a year they literally can't get more than a hundred grand a year from me because then they would take all my money and i'm a slave you know which right now I'm a half slave or a third slave if they take all my money i'm a full slave you know that's fine but with inflation they can siphon off like technically more than a hundred percent they can just keep taking all my money forever 
so they, they can get over time probably more than 100% of value. And the other big point I wanted to make is you mentioned that the governments have this and the biggest governments, corporations, people, rich people, maybe the you know Rothschilds or big billionaires or Soros are buying gold and silver. And when people who are skeptics, either total skeptics or on the fence or total authoritarians say, no, gold and silver doesn't have money, I say, okay, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan Chase, Soros, they're probably not very dumb, right? Guess what they just bought? Go online and read the public articles. They're buying gold and silver by the bucket loads, right? So maybe they know something about what's going on? So right now, yes. So right now, the thing is that that's how their wealth is measured. The mm -hmm. global power elite don't care about dollars because dollars to them are practically worthless. It's only for us. The dollars are slave money. It's for the slaves. They don't trade in that. The richest man in the world will say this. You know, people think the richest man in the world is... I don't know who it is now, whether it's like Bill Gates or Elon Musk. Musk. So Elon Musk, <laughs> Elon Musk is the richest man in the world on TV. You understand? Not the same as the richest man in the world. He's the richest man in the world on TV because he's measured in dollars. And the richest man in dollars they put on TV. But the most powerful richest man in the world is not on TV. He's not talked about. You don't know who he is. And that's how he maintains his power. And I, I was actually just just talking about this the other day. There's a book uh, called The Principality, and it's written about a thousand or so years ago by Machiavelli. In this book, he explains the way that kingships have been run for thousands of years. And it is not any different today. Amazing. What Basically, they have figured out is that by putting the actual ruler on the stage, he limits his ruling term by being held responsible for the things that happen. The real power brokers have learned that they put the politician on the stage and let the politician take the credit or the blame. And they can get rid of them and stop and then talking they can, out. And they're always in the background. Yeah. Folks. So in, the, in that way, when things go south, they can just blame the politician. And then a new politician goes in and they still rule. Versus if they were on the stage when everything went bad, you know, King George or what, he's going to be a big problem because they're going to think they're going to blame him. In this case, they put like, for example, Joe Biden. On the stage. And when people get so upset, they'll put in Ron DeSantis, and then everyone will be happy. Not everyone, but someone will be happy. And when people really hate him, they'll put in AOC. And then the other side will say, oh, see, so it goes back and forth. I love the best thing when people say, Alu, I'm smart. Politics is like a pendulum. And I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> you know, it's a pendulum from right to left. A pendulum that swings on a stick three yeah, feet in front of you. Not moving that forward. much because those who are in power, and even if I'm not as conspiratorial, some people reject the notion that there's a big global government elite, Rothschild bankers or Bilderberg group who five people run in the world. Even so, everyone admits that the people who actually run the government are Fauci, who's been there 50 years. So Fauci, one of the biggest guys in, in, in NIH. Um, the, the Supreme Court justices who are there for life terms, 30, 40, 50 years. Um, civil service people are impossible to fire in the federal government, the ones who actually do the work. So when Trump says do something and it doesn't get done, it's because the civil service guys and unions who can't be fired have been in D.C. for 50 years. So the guys are entrenched and they're forever. So even if you don't believe there are big billionaires behind the strings, behind the scenes pulling strings, which I believe there probably are some, I don't know exactly who it is, but there are powerful people clearly behind Joe Biden the puppet. But there are people, even those who are not that conspiratorial, realize that, yes, 
the the president to some extent is a puppet and there are people who have been there for longer than four years who are there for decades at a time who are really probably doing the majority of what goes on with dc not to mention congress who's the, you know congressmen are there for 30 40 50 years as well yes i do not believe that the quote president for example in this case joe biden or the guy before him or the guy before him they're bought and paid for and uh i don't believe that these guys are really making decisions i just um i understand too much about how deep the system goes much deeper than we see and we all saw that and even i was you know a bit fooled and i learned a lesson the ultimate outsider who had billions on his own could never be bought and paid for didn't give a crap what people thought and was very independent thinking donald trump went at the office and in four years around 99 percent of things were the status quo he did not end the fed he was the most independent guy conservative pro-freedom yeah most independent guy i saw and even he could not Change Washington. He said he would drain the swamp. He did essentially nothing. McConnell and his wife, who was involved with the CCP, still ran the cabinet. So almost nothing changed. And that was the biggest outside. You notice so have pattern, no Politicians offer things that they won't deliver. People keep voting for them, expecting things that they never get. We'll get it next time. They year. keep we'll get it on next time. doing it. It's, it's, actually, it's actually like a both... I don't know whether it's more funny or more tragic... But it's, I mean, it's quite a quite a situation. But so Joe Biden, to me, he is actually there. Like a lot of people, they they want to blame him for the fuel prices or whatever. But they don't realize that he just reads the teleprompter. Mm -hmm. He doesn't write the script. He might benefit off of certain private deals as a side effect to make it so that you know he does what he's told to do. But he's not the guy that's really to blame. The financial system was going to do this no matter what. But I would suggest that the reason that he's there, the reason that they put him in that place, because he was not elected, he was selected, like the past, who knows how many far back, um, so that he's there to take the fall. Because now mm -hmm. this is the time when the economy is going to crash. This next few years is going to get worse. And it's perfect because now people will blame him as opposed to the financial system that's a huge fraud, as opposed to uh, the government that's thrown its own people overboard a long time ago and is just wasting money for the sake of stealing part of it. But people are waking up more and more. I'm seeing people waking up. And people should read The Creature from Jekyll Island by Edward D. Griffin. People should probably read End the Fed by Ron Paul. Definitely. Any other books you recommend? Well, End the Fed by Ron Paul was really the book that clued me into largely understanding the silver and the gold. And that was one of the books that really changed my life. So, and the Fed, I really recommend. Creature from Jekyll Island is also recommended, and it explains the background of how the Federal Reserve was created uh, on Jekyll Island. And I went to Jekyll Island too, and uh, it was pretty unique, uh, pretty unique experience, pretty spiritual. Uh, so, those are really some good books. Um, and there's there's a ton of stuff out there. Uh, if a person just starts searching and researching, uh, but to just kind of just lay a few, just a few tiny short piece here is the American people have been robbed in more ways than we can even say. And aside from the dollar inflation that exists from the lack of representation, mm -hmm. from the fact that every product is taxed each step Every along step. the way, 
which is like if you added it all up and then you added up all the things you have to pay for to be allowed to live and a car and license and registration and all this other things that are still taxes. Well, it's to me, I think it's almost everything that people earn. And uh, and the other thing is when you look at earlier, you talked about part slave or all slave. I think people are all slave. And I'm going to say why is that you see slavery is not what they taught us in school. They told us slavery was whips and chains. But what the problem was that the whips and slaves, whips and chains slavery took two guys to hold one man down. It wasn't efficient. Modern slavery is for the mind. Mm -hmm. So now it doesn't take, now all ten guys hold each other down mentally. No chains needed. Mm -hmm. And because they get to choose their own profession, they think that they're free. But... What's the difference between the old slaves and the modern slaves? Well, the old slaves, the master had to pay for the food, the health care, and the housing. Modern slavery, you pay for your own health care, food, and housing. And after you pay for those things, you pretty much have nothing left. And if you saved any money, it was going to be wiped out by inflation anyway. And slaves in the past, at least in some areas, could actually earn a little bit of money, and they could they could spend a bit of the money to pay their master to give them off for a few days, and then they could actually have total freedom. Whereas we in the United States can never have total freedom. Even if I pay the government, unless I have billions, like maybe Bezos can pay for freedom. But unless I have billions, I can't realistically, practically pay for a day of freedom. If I want a day with no licenses, I can't do it. There's no way to get like dictator Sununu or dictator Biden, for instance, to give me a few days of having total freedom. And you slaves at least could sometimes. So in some ways, slaves back in 1800s had more freedom than us. In some ways, that's true. I mean, right now, the type of slavery, people want to discount this slavery because they feel like this slavery is, oh, it's not whips and chains. Well, but what is worse? Mental abuse or physical abuse? Being, being mentally... Uh, oppressed or physically oppressed and one might argue that it depends who you ask yeah. uh, you know but so aside from I call it literal slavery but if you don't believe slavery we can definitely call it robbery and here let me let me tell you this is the other thing I wanted to share going back to the history silver and gold in 1933 the US government outlawed the possession of gold coinage and they said, you have to turn in your gold And coins. FDR is lauded as a hero by the left and the right, I believe, too, as well, right? It, yes. And you had to turn in your gold coins and take Federal Reserve notes or go to prison. And in 1964, they switched. This is incredible. In 1964, the dimes, quarters, half dollars, and one dollar coins were made of silver. And the dollar certificate was redeemable for them. And in 1965, they switched the coins from silver to copper plated in nickel so they'd look similar. From 90% silver to, to 0%, 0 silver? silver. Correct. Can you believe they switched 90% silver to 0% silver? They switched it. And then in 1968... The fact that it wasn't a revolution. That it, day. It, when that they day. make your money from 90% silver... For quarters, dimes, and nickels. If I went to the bank, zero, if I went day. to the bank and they said, "Here you go, Dave," and they gave me these nickel thing, copper and nickel, and I was like, "I, I deposited silver." I feel like that day people should have mm -hmm. gone and they should have marched. With it makes me force. resent 
Like a real insurrection, yeah. It makes me resent those who were alive, my own parents, in 1965. Yeah. What the hell were they doing? What were they smoking that they didn't revolt? And they were at Woodstock, and they were, you know, being, you know, but that was also designed to distract them from these different things. And the same with the silver certificate, because you showed me this, I've seen pictures, but I saw you had one or a few when, when I saw you last with your silver table. The silver dollar, like the dollar, I have some over there. It said it says Federal Reserve note that we're all used to. I'm 29 years old. You're a little older, but we're all used to the Federal Reserve note. Before, I don't know if you know what year they switched it. It literally didn't say Federal Reserve note. So in, it said one silver dollar. So when in did 1968 is when the Federal Reserve Bank announced they will no longer accept silver certificates redeemable for silver. They could still circulate, but they were no longer redeemable for silver. Which that also is a breach of contract. And that alone should have been enough for all the Federal Reserve people to go to jail. I don't understand how it didn't cause a revolt. So, so that was redeemable. That's because the American people, they just, they get run around like sheep. We have bread and circuses, we have TV. And and you could do anything to them, and they won't do anything And, and that silver certificate, that dollar, the one dollar, was redeemable for how much silver? So one silver dollar. So in 1967, for example, a silver, do- a silver certificate, which was a one dollar bill, said... This certifies that there is on deposit in the Treasury of the United States of America one dollar in silver payable to the bearer on demand. And dollar is a measurement. What is it? And a dollar is uh, 0.715 contained ounces of silver, 90% total weight, 0.8 troy ounces. So 0.7, that's like 20 bucks. Look right now. Correct. Okay. Correct. So So a dollar is 20 dollars. So that's correct. So a dollar, a silver dollar, melt value is close to twenty dollars, but right now it trades for about twenty-five or more dollars. And historically, the term dollar, if I'm correct, was literally like a, a measurement of of weight that meant point seven one ounces. A dollar was a yes. measurement. So well, it's actually in the Constitution that a silver dollar and it has the specifications. Okay. But this is another way that they slowly eroded. The system. So, for example, they made a law that it has nine to five or higher must be marked to be used. So, if you made anything silver nine to five or higher, it had to be marked. But less than nine to five, including point nine, did not have to be marked. Which was perfect that they made that law because their coinage was made in ninety percent silver, and then this way it didn't have to say silver on it. That way, in 1965, when they, they stopped putting it. silver on it, they didn't need to change the language because wow. it never said silver Jesus. in the first place. So it's like these guys planned this hundreds of years in advance or something. So in 1968, the Federal Reserve said, okay, we are no longer accepting these silver certificates. You can use them as currency, but we no longer take and give you a silver certificate, a silver dollar back. And the new dollars they printed just say United States of America, one dollar. No silver, no redeemable for anything, no backed by anything, nothing. It's just a piece of paper with numbers drawn on it that they print. And in most cases, they don't even print it. It's mostly just digits now it's all digital, on yeah. a computer screen. And now they have unlimited power to create dollars. The only side effect is that every dollar they create steals wealth from your savings, like you explained before. That's why most of my savings now is not in... U.S. dollars. It's in gold, silver, crypto, and other assets. Like assets yeah. that can fire projectiles at like 3,000 FPS. And, I, and, and lead. <laughs> yeah. And while well, you're like an investor out of my own heart. To me, I, I, 
I'm into a lot of different things as far as investing. And I have very unconventional investments. A lot of people are like, oh, I have my Charles Schwab account with my stock portfolio. And like, all right, let me know how good that works out for you, you know, in a year or two. For me, my investments are silver, gold, maple syrup, jugs, uh, rice, stored beans, dried beans, uh, whiskey bottles, and various like sealed liquor bottles, which make a great trade or barter tool. Oh, yeah. Um, and water tanks, bullets, guns. Those are the things that I think are going to be really good to hold this next decade or so. And forever. And forever. Unless, unless your plan is to go into the smart cities and live in close to where the muggles live, in which case you will, you know, have a, According to Klaus Schwab, anyway, you'll have a microchip in your brain. You'll have nothing and you'll be happy. And you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. I, I can't go to the cities. I, I carry, so I, I can't go to the cities. I'm and, not allowed in. Yeah, I mean, it's up to you. If, and if you want to go to the cities, a person could. But I think it's going to be very dangerous. And I think that they're going to cut people who don't uh, uh, abide by the policies set forth by the World Health Organization and by the global governance system they will not be allowed to buy or sell using the the new global currency electronic mm -hmm. currency that they'll introduce and so like if you want to go live in the smart city you can but you're going to have to be very obedient and you're going to do what they tell you and they're probably going to demand that you take injections on a regular basis and take certain only when there's a pandemic so only every every other year you think that they keep it to that? Well, we'll see what they do. I feel like they would keep people to whatever extent people are willing mm -hmm. to let them. And the more people give, more inches people give them, the more inches they will take. And eventually, they'll have people to where they have them pushed to the very furthest extent of slavery ever imaginable. Mm -hmm. You know, their body hooked to electrodes, their brain completely deactivated, and they just use the person's body and imprison their spirit for you know however long <laughs> we're getting close to that point <laughs> yeah. i mean there's there there is some like a lot of biblical connections and uh historical ancient hebrew writings and things that i i feel like tell a story that repeats itself a story of people enslaved that eventually get freedom somehow mm -hmm. but then they get enslaved again and you know nature's greatest power is also its biggest weakness so it's quite a situation but but I think people really benefit to try to work on things that make them independent mm -hmm. and to think about how they can connect with our local community and have commerce because if they don't have that and they then then they have to prepare to to provide everything for themselves. And that's another great thing about the New Hampshire Liberty community. We have the biggest, definitely the most dense, but I would say, in general, the biggest liberty community in the world because we have, depending exactly how you, what you call libertarian, we have 5, 10, 50, 15,000, at least 10,000, but maybe like 20, 30, 50,000 with a broader liberty community in the state. And we're all pretty dense. It's a small state. Um, we could all drive to every part of the state in an hour, two, three, four hours tops, but mostly a few minutes. You don't, I say you live far from me, but you're at 30 minutes. And that's like, you know, considered far here. So everything's really close to the state. And we have such an amazing community where you can buy almost everything you want from your friends in the Liberty community. And you can use alternative currency. Yes. So, okay, one more time before we go. Your websites, you have heavy metal construction, the, the silver pool. So, well, for website purposes, my, I'll just say, 
You can check out the websites if you want to. HeavyMetalConstruction.com is our manufacturing, but it's just a simple website. TheSilverPool.com is our silver retail selling operation. That's really the best place to go. But ultimately, we want you to come to our store and wear New Hampshire. We don't really want to sell online. Uh, it's difficult to, to transact online. We want to give people the ability to see the things, to touch the things, to be able to privately secure the things off of the grid. And we want to give people that access. So I encourage you to come visit. Excuse me. I had a seltzer right before this show, and I'm like... So, you know, I really encourage you to come and visit the Silver Pool in Ware, New Hampshire, where you can see a huge display, almost a quarter million dollars of silver on display for you to see at the lowest prices. Uh, no shipping, very efficient. Uh, you know, really encourage you to come and to look at fractional silver. If you don't have little pieces of silver for barters and trades, you know, you really should. Um, and do so you accept crypto? And we do accept crypto. You accept cash and credit cards? And do accept cash, no credit cards. Okay, so cash and crypto. Cash, crypto. We also can take, you know, Zelle or certain. We okay. can take a bank wire, um, and we can take a check. But we have to send you the silver when the check goes through. We can't, uh, you know, we don't release the silver until the funds okay. are. And do you have any here. social media or anything else you want people to follow you on? No, no. I think the best thing to do is really, if I had any message to your audience, you know, just a few short moment here is first. Uh, if you are in New Hampshire, then I really encourage that if you don't have a silver um, in your investment, I recommend that you get at least a silver lining that you look at putting some physical silver into your inventory. And if you um, come to our store and wear New Hampshire, that's a great way to do it. That's if you're in New Hampshire. If you're a crypto guy and you have everything into crypto, I recommend that you do a little diversity and have some silver too. I won't say, you know, I won't get into the crypto versus silver thing today, but I recommend that you have some silver. Uh, and then the next thing is if you're not a person who lives in New Hampshire, I recommend you come to New Hampshire. If you like Liberty, come to New Hampshire. Because we, A, we want, we want you here. We want all Liberty people to come to one place. And right now, if there was any place that has a chance, I would say New Hampshire is that place. And the reasons are, first, as you had already explained to us, there are a number. There's a, the biggest concentration I know of, of liberty-centric individuals in New Hampshire. There's a huge network. We have lots of events. We know each other. We see each other. And so already there's a ton of us here. That's a great reason. Number two, New Hampshire has the freest gun laws of any state I know mm -hmm. of. You can literally just come to New Hampshire and just go buy a gun. And put it on concealed or open and just walk around. No permit, no license. Come, get your gun and join us. So that's number two. And the third is that New Hampshire is not a huge state. There's not a ton of like, you know, people that would, would want to battle us over this. The motto is live free or die. And there's only, you know, I don't know, like 500 people that live in New Hampshire. So like if you come, that gives us better odds. And so... We are already starting to take over the systems in New Hampshire. We have various different individuals that are involved in, in aspects of the political system. And so if you're in the political system activist, you can come to New Hampshire and help and help us, you know, push these guys off the edge. Around 100 libertarian state reps in Kensington. That's amazing. 
And so, but if you're an off-the-grid libertarian, we've got the farms, we've got the gun ranges, we've got things here for you, and we want your help. And so, you know, those were my two messages. If you're in New Hampshire and you don't have silver, get some. And if you aren't in New Hampshire, I recommend you come so you can join us. Because if there are enough of us in one place, we are very powerful. Hell yeah. Thank you so much. That's Silver Dave. Thank you so much for coming on Liberty Block. We will have him back sometime soon. Check out his store, The Silver Pool and Where. We'll have the address and links to the descriptions of the websites and everything under the podcast. Thank you very much, and check out libertyblock.com.